influencer marketing has been used more by brands with like celebrities or people that are well known that already have the audience. And then you kind of see it move into today, which has been more like niche, relatable, like regular people, if you will, influencing people's purchasing decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Today with me, we have Marcella and Emily joining me. Hello. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome. It's going to be fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, today, you know, in this new episode, we want just to talk about the state of influencer marketing right? Uh, it's been around for, I'd say, maybe 10 years as a thing before it was called, uh, you know, buzz marketing, word of mouth marketing. It changed in many, many ways, right? And before we only had, back in the days, we only had Instagram, right? And now after that, uh, and, you know, YouTube, of course, it was mostly for content creators. Uh, but nowadays you have also more like, you know, influencers uh, on the on the platform. And then, of course, the TikTok, right? Uh, more than three years ago, got in the game, revolutionize everything that we know about short form videos and now they're competing right so um pricings are going you know they're increasing day by day and there is just a different approach right when it comes to influencer marketing i'd say that before i've been doing this for a while now and before it was mostly oh this is a nice face on a good instagram right account with a million followers and that's mostly it but nowadays you want to see other metrics you want to show roi right and so on and finally i would say that influencer marketing has become a channel like a serious channel uh, companies have been shifting budgets from billboards tv radio and so on and they are putting those money actually into influencer marketing and finally it's treated as any other branch of marketing so if you put one dollar you want to know how much dollars can you get out as an outcome Right. Uh, so I'm happy to see that finally brands are understanding that and agencies like us are still educating clients, right, in what to do. There are still a lot of buzzwords and so on. But I would like to know, even just, you know, before getting more in depth, how did you see, in your opinion, influencer marketing changing? Again, you know, from, I don't want to say 10 years ago, that's a long time, right, for influencer, but like from four, four years ago. Uh, Marcel, maybe we start with you. Like, how did you see that changing on a daily basis? I think... Influencer marketing has changed drastically, like even from two years ago, imagine four years ago. I think rising of influencer at first was seen as something not that serious and not that, you know, maybe long term. But now I can definitely see both from brand's perspective, but also audience perspective, the way we see and approach influencers. More and more brands are... um, considering influencer marketing as part of their marketing funnel um, and putting more and more budgets on it. From the audience perspective, I feel like was at first something strange. We're doing something like, you know, very different, but now people wanting to become influencer as their full-time job or content creators. Emily, what what do you think? Yeah, you come from a different background. So what about you? a different background so i i've been marketing for a really long time and i've seen influencer marketing work from brands 10 years ago but more specifically over the last like four or five years influencer marketing has been used more by brands with like celebrities or people that are well known that already have the audience and then you kind of see it move into today which has been more like niche relatable like regular people if you will 
influencing people's purchasing decisions. And it's been so drastic that now brands are using so much of their budget to put into influencer marketing. And it's just grown and become so impactful more than it was just utilizing a celebrity or, you know, the Coca-Cola campaign with um, Santa Claus. Like it's come a long way. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, as you said, like, you know, things changed before you wanted to have like uh, someone like, in my opinion, before back in the days, it was someone that either was on, uh, you know, on TV and then open an Instagram account. Right. And so it was like, okay, I already tried this person. It's just on a different medium. Right. But then as you know, now both of you said, like things changed because the every person, like, you know, every, every, you know, like someone without a, really a following was able to get in a following uh, on a specific niche, on a geolocation, whatever. And then we're able actually to create an audience, a community, and start communicating with them. And social media also, I mean, friends marketing open to bilateral communication, right? Before TV was like, I am the actor, I talk in front of you, and you see me as a god, right? Someone that is gonna be on the red carpet, I spend my summers on a yacht, and yeah, I, I look at you as aspirational, but I don't have anything in common with you. Then yeah. And the creators, right, came along, and especially this is what I say all the time, especially during the pandemic and on TikTok, all these, like, you know, uh, celebrities were like, oh, we're on the same boat, right? But what I say all the time is that their boat was a yacht, right? And the boat for someone living in Manhattan in a studio was actually a boat sinking, right? So yeah. whenever you were able to see someone else that had your same issues and problem, you have that peer-to-peer -peer type of relationship, right? And that's why um, influencers, uh, you know, they are able to influence the others, right? Because they are relatable, right? A part of the authenticity is another big word, like a buzzword used lately, right? And it's a bit borderline. But I think that being relatable is even more important than the authenticity itself, in my opinion. So, so yeah, I'm, I mean, like, this is also, like, one, one thing that is important. But also would like to uh, also clarify something, and I, I would like to know also what do you think about this. Um, lately, uh, you know, certain social media are like, oh, we don't, we don't say that they are influencers anymore because there is a connotation sometimes that you are just someone that has not a real job, right? And so you're a content creator. And even if I love the terminology like here around the content creation, right? I have the opinion that you can, you can create content but be no one for people, right? You really cannot influence the others. And then you can be an influencer that creates content and also able to influence them. Just make you an example and please let me know what you think about that. Uh, I am a big foodie, I love cooking, and I follow pages, right, of, of people that make food. There are two ways, right, to do that. You can become an influencer that is all the time with your face there, cooking with a certain style, with an intro, with an outro, right, you have a format, and then if tomorrow, right, you are trying to sell me things, I can buy them. For example, uh, binging uh, with Babish, I think that is the name, right? Uh, I hope that is the right name. I don't know if you know the guy, but he, he makes like all the time food from uh, TV show, cartoons and so on. And now he made like um, a collection of like you know, a new series of like knives and, you know, pots and so on. And I, I really like the guy, so I, I could potentially like, you know, buy from, from the guy. But if instead I go on an Instagram page or a TikTok page of someone that only posts food, this, uh, like, you know, the food could be fantastic, uh, but I don't know who's behind the camera. So in my opinion, that is a content creation because you're amazing in creating that content. Uh, but if tomorrow, for the first time after uh, many posts, you try to sell me something, I uh, most probably won't, we won't, won't do that because I can associate your face with someone that I trust. So I think that they are using both as is the same thing, but an influencer creates content can influence the others, while a content creator is, in my opinion, just someone that uh, 
you again you see the content but you then not necessarily like trust as it happens many times on TikTok, right? You scroll, you see many videos, uh, but what happened at VidCon? Some people were there and no one was there to meet with them, right? Because uh, they are just one of the many on the For You page. So what do you think on that? Should we use them in the same way or it's time now because it's 2022, Inflation Magnet has been there for a while that we should finally separate the, the terms? Completely agree with you. I mean, I think a content creator is very different than an influencer. I follow many, many different accounts um, and one in particular that I can think of is she does DIY. She finds stuff on the side of the road, she fixes it up, and then she resells it on Facebook Marketplace, okay? She at first was a content creator. It was basically about the, the furniture. Now she's kind of migrated into more of an influencer where she shows her face, where previously she wasn't. So I would consider those two different things. I would consider her first phase of her social media presence being a content creator, now an influencer, because also she's bringing in products now that have no relatability to her DIY page. But she's grew that following to a point that brands are now reaching out to her and being like, hey, can you do this? But I think she's losing her authenticity of the page because it's not relatable to the audience that she did, you know, conjure up. So I think I agree with you. I think that's two separate, you know, words, two separate people, two separate individuals. Absolutely. Uh, what do you Marcella. think, Marcella? I can see content creators used, like being used more for ads. For example, if a brand has to, I don't know, do a specific ad on something like the one you see, not just ad like an influencer paid partnership, so in partnership with, but just an ad like you see when you scroll on Instagram or on TikTok or on YouTube. Um, I feel like content creators can be used more for this part of, you know, the marketing and then influencers should be really elevated when it comes to engagement and uh, community and other things like that. Because content creators doesn't mean like you said, that are influencers and influencers are also content creators, but content creators doesn't necessarily share. I feel like influencers share more of their life, their lives in depth and other, other things that could of course be relatable to people. So that's what makes them also content creators and influencers, but a content creator is not necessarily an influencer. When we were talking about the, um, how influencer marketing change, I feel like also social media platforms played a huge role in this because now we have more, more platforms are focusing on discoverability other than people like you just follow. So Instagram pushes you with new profiles like recommended profiles once you open the app so you can find more people more influencers more content creators more things you can relate on but that doesn't mean necessarily that you will then buy or will be influenced by the person that's also what uh, i also want to, to, to discuss you know like how the different like platforms so some people they still see them as a similar right like even if you like if i, I feel that if you are not in the industry uh, sometimes you might see that you read articles about like, for example, you know, uh, YouTube Shorts is now doing like, you know, two billions of views, you know, yada, yada. And so it's the new competitor. And, but, you know, it's important whenever you do influencer marketing to understand that different medium, it means different audience, different demographics, different ways to things. Um, 
for example, like you, as you know, Marcel, you were saying, and this is a, something I've been saying for a long time now. Instagram started as a network, uh, you know, based, right, uh, you know, medium, right? So you start following your friends, and that was it, you know, that was a typical funnel. You have one million of people that follow you, maybe 4% see your posts, right? And then TikTok, right, that is also the same for you. YouTube is a bit of a mix, right? Sometimes you follow someone because you like them, but also because of this credibility, because uh, uh, Google is, uh, sorry, YouTube is the second search engine after Google, right? And so it's mostly sort of like, you know, pool marketing. You pull by yourself, like, you know, and look for things. And then we, when you uh, subscribe to a channel, you click on a notification and you get the push, right? So it's a good mix. While TikTok made a sort of a revolution apart from the, apart from the algorithm itself, it was, uh, and it still is in my opinion, um, um, you know, it's, it's um, interest-based. Uh, medium, right? So you, you mostly follow things or you watch things, right? So I follow, let's say, sports and food and whatever, and I get more of that. And so the, this could really, it's, uh, it's the number one focus, and it's what I call the, the opposite funnel, right? It's the reverse funnel. Uh, from one person, we can get potentially to 10 million, right? And that is what really gave the opportunity to many people to be like, Instagram is not giving me anymore the possibility to be in front of people, while TikTok, uh, even just starting, I can actually, you know, get under the spotlight. And, and so what happened in the past years, TikTok was growing a lot, and then YouTube Shorts came along, and Instagram Reels, you know, try with that. And everyone, like, seeing, not everyone, but many people still seeing that as, uh, okay, they are vertical, short-form videos, uh, pretty the same. Even though, actually, especially if you're in the industry, you want to do influencer marketing, so different. I wanted just to talk about this new trend. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, you know the trend, he's a 10, but yeah, he's a yeah, 6. Yeah, yeah. But... So this trend was initiated by two girls, uh, a 23-year-old named Leah Woods and her sister Mary. They did this first video in the car. It got so viral and it has more than 230 million views on the Ash. The interesting thing is that First of all, they did not have recognition about this trend. So not many people know that they started it. So I feel like something we can talk about also, it's how, you know, creators have um, also a little bit of trouble to having recognition for trends and maybe things they started because they get so viral on TikTok, on YouTube, and then Instagram because the platform itself, it makes also to go viral, you know, to make you go viral, but then you don't know where it's from. And the interesting things about that is they tried, are trying to monetize this trend right away. So they launched a website uh, and they are designing a card game in hopes, of course, to capitalize in order for you page success. So if you go on the website, there's just like two strings where you can put his attend and so suggestions for the cards, you know, like the meme cards. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so I just wanted to, to tell you this super interesting viral moment. This is the perfect example that even if you're not an influencer, but you have something like super trending or super viral, you can still um, monetize. So for content creators, uh, maybe if you're not an influencer, but you can be stage, you know, doing those things, even if you're not an influencer. So maybe you don't get paid just to post about, you know, that brand. What do you guys think? How do you see that? That's also what I also want to discuss with you about uh, the speed of things online nowadays, you know, with, with the influencer market, right? Uh, uh, how, how are trends, like when you were saying about trends and uh, can you recognize them? 
comes to mind all the different dances, right, that happen there. And, you know, starting from, for example, the, you know, the, uh, you know, maybe certain communities, right, that were not recognized at the beginning, right, the black communities that were doing certain dances, then, you know, they, I, I remember that app started, you know, uh, on a, something else, I cannot remember now the name, uh, Marcella, maybe you remember, it was like this app uh, for dances uh, and was then buy out, I think, and then those dances were, you know, becoming popular on TikTok, uh, mostly to Charlie D'Amelio and other, like, you know, people there, so there was some chaos there. So, yeah, for, for like, you know, uh, content creators have to be fast enough to get on your own trend and maybe monetize it. But it's also the same about also uh, what I'm feeling now for companies. I feel that sometimes uh, still certain brands are trying to jump on and everything and they can actually backlash, right? So also I wanted to also to discuss with you, how do you do influencer marketing nowadays, right? You can be the silly account there, even though maybe because I'm a millennial, I'm aging up now. And so maybe I'm feeling that sometimes it's not appropriate to do things just because, and I'm just feeling that sometimes certain brands, they want to win Gen Z over and they just try Like they just forget that actually there may be custom loyal, uh, their loyal customers maybe are older people that want to buy their products. Right. And so sometimes I still feel that the influencer marketing has become these things where you have to be fast all the time, but, uh, how much of your brand integrity and brand values are going to stay there? Or do you want just to quickly change, right? Just for your fame, for that hashtag challenge, whatever. And then you're going to ruin potentially years of sedimentation of your brand. So I wanted also to discuss with you on that. Again, like things changed before you had to go through 10 different, like, you know, uh, proposal approvals, uh, you know, before going live. What about this hashtag? What about now? Certain brands, they go live like in the same seconds and sometimes they can also get back, right? Because it's not appropriate. I remember I went uh, uh, listening to the speech from the Duolingo uh, social media manager, right? And they said that she has some troubles because sometimes she did things that were a bit too borderline, let's say like that, you know? But Duolingo is known for that, right? So it's okay. What about other brands that want to do influencer marketing and maybe don't really understand that? How can... I can also maybe they can protect themselves or do you think that you should just be on any trends just because uh, or depending on the things uh, I am personally not like like just wait for a second breathe in breathe out and then maybe jump on that but Emily again you come from a different backgrounds so how do you feel on that how do you see influencer marketing changing from before to now where again you sometimes you feel the almost peer pressure right from other companies that to be the cool kids in school right how do you not become just one of the many, how do you still like be yourself, but also playing cool with new generations? Yeah, so I definitely like trends move so quickly these days, like within hours. So, and like you said, brands have so many uh, approval processes and steps within. And sometimes you see brands that are not, they're, you know, posting in 20 minutes, a comment or a video or, you know, a static image, whatever. But I really think that brands need to stay true and really strategize on each platform what their tone is going to be and how they're they're going to come off their perception. Because if they really don't stay true to that brand and they just try and be the cool kids in the class, I think they're really going to lose who they are as a brand and their integrity. And that's everything to a brand. Like if you are, I think... Like Chick-fil-A, I think they do it really well. Like, I think they are, they have strategically placed themselves on platforms that are, you know, beneficial and impactful for them, but they don't necessarily get involved in like TikTok where they might 
they might not have a plan. I think you need to plan and put in the focus to make a like brand tone voice everything and then once you have that down the brand some brands do for tiktok and they are have the capability to post within 20 minutes like they already have this connection and relatability with the audience on tiktok that they already have that going for them brands that are trying to just jump into it you know on a whim it's um, in my opinion a big mistake I think that you really need to have a, like like I said, a plan in place and strategize on what that campaign or what your what you want your brand to come off as. And I think I see a lot of brands doing well and a lot of brands, like you said, having backlash for things that it's like, not even brands, but also individual backlashes. Like you see nurses posting stuff and they're getting backlash. It's just, it, it's a very open game and you got to play play the game right. If you, if you don't, there's detrimental consequences, I think, to every brand and, and individual. I was just thinking that when I see ads or, you know, collaboration between influencers and brands, of course, I always check the comments. And most of the time when brands give the influencer the freedom uh, to not do what they want, not say how they want, but each influencer is different. I feel like at the beginning of influencer marketing, the way of doing partnerships and collaboration was very standard, was very like uh, everything was the same and you can tell right away when it's an ad or it's just, you know, oh, she's getting paid for, to do that. She's uh, like reading a script and that's it. But, but I feel like now, Brands are really starting to understand that if they want to have a good ROI, a good partnership, a successful campaign, you also have to have, as you said, Emily, yes, a plan, yes, a strategy, but also taking consideration that each influencer is different uh, and they know their follower better than, than the brand, for sure. So if you want to be that successful, you can partnership with the biggest influencers in the game and not giving them the, you know, the freedom to be relatable in their own way, to do the ads in their own way. Of course, following the guidelines, but the brand is really trying to win in influencer marketing. I think something crucial is, yeah, giving the, the influencer the freedom also to kind of take on the partnership and put really, you know, not just their names and their face, but also their personality, their, their way of speaking and things like that. Especially when it comes to Gen Z, they don't care if you don't cast or if you have a guideline or if you have a script. Yeah, to clarify, I feel like, I mean, 100%. And, but when I say plan, I mean plan and execute with an influencer that's going to be organic and that community matches what that brand is trying to, the story they're trying to share. So I 100% agree, it needs to be natural, organic, and that partnership with that influencer is, they need to have the understanding and the intention that that brand is trying to, to put out yeah. there. And I don't, I don't, I definitely don't think an influencer just going out there and being like, hey, this is my product, this is my service, whatever, I think you should get it. Um, I definitely don't think that's gonna work, but I just wanted to clarify for what I said. I think that strategically partnering with influencers for the brand's image needs to be intentional. Yeah, 100%, I agree, for sure. 
And, and also because we have been seeing also influencer marketing activities changing from a one-shot activity, right? Uh, back in the days, it was like, hey, I have $5,000, $10,000, let's test it out. And, you know, sometimes maybe brands, uh, they were like, oh, I'm going to do it in-house, you know? And then if you don't know what you're doing, you can really waste your money, right? And so uh, then, you know, you can use platforms, you can like use uh, like an agency like us that help you doing everything. And I think that now even more than you know ever actually you really need someone that understands things because there is so much going on everyone is called themselves like you know i am an influencer but you need that to look at data quality of you know like you know um posts and so on and also something that i would like to say is that before it was okay in a way to maybe find like you know someone that was posting on social media that was maybe you know, be slow replying to you was not really that of much of a professional it was still okay you know it was still it was still getting there Nowadays, I think that everyone has to step up the game. You cannot anymore partner up with influencers that are not, uh, they don't have like a, an agenda, uh, an editorial calendar type of things where you know what to post. You have to be on point, you have to reply to things. Some influencers have their agents, they have an assistant. And, you know, I just think that you as a company, you have to understand that you should, like both parties should treat each other as, you know, serious players, right? So you have to respect the company that is paying you and you as a company you have to respect the, also the timeline of the influencers. Still, I feel that some companies arrive like two days before the campaign, like they want to launch something and be like, oh, we have this idea. They don't realize that influencers, they take time to negotiate the prices. Uh, if you have ship, shipped a product with the supply chain problems that we have now, maybe it's gonna take more time. You have to understand, is the, is the influencer already posting about something else in the same period? What about exclusivity? Like, do they sign a contract with something that... So overall, without getting technicality, things change it. And now, influencer marketing is really a serious place where to be. Some influencers, they created their own LLC company, right? For protection, they can write, write off expenses, they can hire people. Uh, think about YouTubers. Before, as a YouTuber, you were mostly doing everything by yourself. Now, maybe you have an editor. You have someone that can help us you cut the videos. You have maybe someone that helps you do brand deals and so on, right? So I think that also maybe certain companies still, they see a bunch of kids, you know, playing around. And some of them, they still do everything by themselves. But others are actually solopreneurs. They are micro, micro companies, right? And I think there is also that is important to understand how things are changing. And uh, just a couple of days ago, you know, some journalists were asking me like, so what is happening with influencer marketing? Is this dying off? It is like, no, it's just changing. It's evolving. Uh, has been, I think, never been so much money like now in influencer marketing. If you look some of the data, I think that Marcelli, you also, uh, you know, like uh, found for today's episode, I was reading that 75% of marketers want to, you know, they are willing to invest into influencer marketing this year, right? And I think that almost 70% they want to increase their uh, current budgets, right? So the money is going there. Influencers are making more. Some of them are realizing that they can make a living. And I'm not talking about making six digits and people mostly based in LA, they do seven digits a year. So it's a series of things. It is working. It's bringing results. What? I said a month, not a seven digits a month. A month. Some people, I saw some it's crazy. I mean, like between, uh, between, uh, especially people that, uh, for example, also influencer marketing again, like, you know, I know, I know that it's more on the creator economy side, but, uh, think about how Patreon, OnlyFans, they, uh, allowed, you know, content creators, uh, 
And so I'm not talking about influencers necessarily, but content creators to continue creating content that thanks to a sort of monthly recurring, you know, ways to, to you know, and, and so that is uh, quite, quite interesting to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like overall, again, you know, influencer marketing is evolving, I think, in the right way. And also when it comes to metrics, uh, brands are still asking, I think it's in, in a good way, asking for more proof of concept uh, what about the business model here can i get my roi by this number and that's you know why also we as agencies we have to forecast right and we have to be able to look at historical data and treat again as i said before as i mentioned before treat influencer marketing as any other influencer marketing like you know channels that you do i put this money in these are the metrics this is what i can get out and even more in time i think it's going to be um a, more and more um a, a combination between uh, the creativity part, right? So the quality of the work and everything, but also the quantitative side, right? Okay, I put this money in, I get this, uh, you know, type of money out. Um, and uh, and also, like, I'd say that, as I was mentioning before, and let me know also what you think about this. I think that before it was mostly like one time, right? Activities, you find someone, you test it out, maybe it doesn't work. Now what I'm seeing more it is that if you like an influencer, maybe you say, let's do a six months collaboration, for example, yeah. or, also, we already discussed this in another episode about the creative economy and uh, also the previous one about co-branding. Influencer marketing is not just anymore promote this. It's like, can you help you being the influencer, like they know the audience? Can you help us co-create or make changes in our product? So I want to hear from you on that. How do you see also uh, changing on that from like uh, being merely promoters uh, to becoming someone that is actually more active in the process of the, of the marketing side? Yeah, so I, I mean, I think that if you try one marketing channel, just like any other marketing channel, influencer marketing one time, the frequency isn't there. I think the brands that are stay with one influencer for six months a year and continuously create content with them and work with them on different campaigns is going to be more um, like valuable and impactful than just one campaign. And it has become such a like a channel, like everything else, like you said, Alessandra, it's a it's now to a point that you can measure the analytics and make recommendations on campaigns because there actually is historical data. Whereas two years ago there wasn't this, you know, multitude of data that you could actually have. So I I really think that um I mean, with the stat as well, you said more than 75% of brand marketers intend to dedicate a budget to influencer marketing. And if they tend to, if they're relying to do that, then they need those data and metrics to make decisions just like any other marketing channel. Marcella? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I was just going to say, I see more and more, more and more brands doing partnership with influencers not just as you said alessandro one shot so you just not do a campaign but brands try to find more and more strategic long-term influencers in mind that also if you find um, influencers that really resonate with your brand uh, they can really be some sort of you know it's a pretty old term but the brand ambassador type i feel like we will see more and more influencer becoming uh, brand ambassador, but long term, and in a way we didn't we didn't see it yet. Um, I feel like this, as you said, Alessandro, the solopreneur, the um, the fact that having you know my own com my own company as an influencer, my own businesses, also then have an impact on how I partnership with brands. 
because I'm not just an influencer doing videos. I'm actually someone that can strategically help you. And also, you know, uh, if we're talking awareness, if we're talking shopping, if we're talking, I don't know, uh, discoverability, it depends on influencer, of course, you partnership with. But I feel like it's, um, it's a trend we will see more and more, but as, not as we saw it up until now. Especially because we have so many, like, you know, again, you know, content creators and influencers. Uh, after a while, I, I am by the opinion that some of these, they realize that it's not that easy. The competition, many of them will be not consistent. So we're now reaching out to like peak and only the best ones are going to be uh, there to stay. And that's, I also think that, uh, again, about like, you know, uh, being recognized and, you know, be associated with a brand in time, we're going to have more, the, you know, the old brand ambassador type of idea, because uh, again, it's, it's okay to change, but again, if you cannot really be associated with a specific influencers or content creators, after a while, it's going to be like, okay, we have a bunch of people that do one activation. And also, like, I feel just that if you do one activation, you're like sort of like no mercenary here, right? You do one thing for one day, another thing for another day there. And also think that in time, people, and that's really happening, they don't want to see that you're posting every single day something promotional about everything, right? You want also to be someone that you can trust and be like, I really like this product. I use it every day and I'm going to promote it for six months. In that case, you really feel like, okay, this person is actually using this product. After a while, I think that, you know, gone are the days that you're like, Hey, I love these things. And you can clearly see that these influencers never use the product. And then tomorrow they're going to promote something either similar, a competitor or something that is really not in their DNA. So just with that, that moment of like trying to get every brand deals in, it's almost over. And now we're getting back to having consistency, you know, uh, having something that is stable, uh, right matching between DNAs, between the influencers and, you know, and, um, and the company and so on. So again, I just think that it's evolving in the best direction possible. And it's just like adapting what people want to see. There's going to be like for brands, a community of people, of influencers, of creative content or content creators and like ambassadors and affiliates and all those people have a different you know, a different following, a different perspective, a different voice, and they're all going to combine for one brand. And it's going to be a little bit more fluid organic because it's so many, it's a wide community of people, not just this one person promoting this brand service company, whatever. But I, I think that that's kind of where we're moving. I don't, and marketing evolves every single day and we know that, but I don't think influencer marketing is going to evolve to a point where it's not viable. I, like I said, like influencer marketing has been around since uh, like decades. It's just evolved. It's just evolved. Now it's digital and it's going to stay digital and it's going to just evolve from there. The other day I listened to a Victoria uh, Paris interview. She's a influencer from New York. Uh, she's known mainly in the influencer space not only because of course of her video, but also because she was able to have a really large following in a span of four months, six months on TikTok, like a million follower. And the things she said, I find it really interesting because she said at the beginning, I didn't get any brand deals because I was focusing on building my community and my following. Once I got that, I then started to do brand deals. Because of course, if you just start to do brand deals, most probably they will not be successful because maybe, I mean, depends on the community you have, but if you just do brand deals to do brand deals, it's not gonna, you know, if you 
like with everything in life, if you just do it for the money, it's not going to work. So um, I feel like it's really interesting that she said that because if you work one time with a brand and you have a really successful campaign, most probably that brand will want to work with you again and the influencer will want to do the same. So I feel like more and more we will see partnerships that make sense and not like you scroll and say, oh, another ad, what's new? And it's going to be more thoughtful, more authentic, more relatable. I don't know if, if it's just because of Gen Z and their approach on uh, cultural matters and also like how to consume content. But yeah, I feel like it's, it's going to be like that. I don't know if you know that, but on TikTok, like lately, the favorite buzzword is content creator. It's the new virtual assistant trend. So like a year ago or I like half a year ago, everyone wanted to be to do like a social media manager and, you know, virtual assistant and taking care of those things. But now they see how many brands are jumping on content creation, influencer marketing. They're starting to get their TikTok in because at first it was strange to have a TikTok. Oh my God, you're one of the first brands. Now we see more and more brands and they're searching for people to do content creation. And there's so many people that wants to jump on that. But uh, I mean, content creation, it's not easy. It's not easy. And also it's a different thing. Like, like if you, you, if you create a user generated content, okay. So this is the thing. And then I think that we are going to also, you know, start wrapping up. Right. But I think is that, uh, if if uh, if we think about you know why like sometimes people stop thinking about the why I think in marketing okay and the such psychological and sociological like you know factors are number one when it comes to marketing okay like you do things because there is a reason not just because it's you know even if you don't think about it your brain is still connecting things together and if uh, you think about the why am I buying this from this influencer it is usually because. I trust this person. I like their content. Sometimes, as we ask it in our survey, right, about the creator economy, sometimes you only want to help them. And so maybe you click on their links and you buy from them because you want to give them, like, you know, uh, uh, fees, affiliation fees, whatever. Okay, there are different reasons. But usually you do that because you trust this person, you like the, the person, you like that they're making content for you all the single time. And so you want to help them, right? Uh, um, you know, securing their sort of like, you know, monthly revenues in. If instead you, you see a user generated content, from someone that you don't really know on the page of uh, uh, like a, a TikTok account, it still can work because you can see that it's not the management doing that. So it still can work for that, but will you buy? Not necessarily because you don't know this person that is on a page that you follow most because it's maybe corporate. So all the time you have to think about like, yes, the content itself is good, but why am I buying and why I'm not buying? And it's the same in my opinion, whenever you boost campaigns, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't because uh, you might buy from this person only because you trust this person. And it's like the same with artists. Sometimes, uh, you know, like a painting is just like more valuable because it comes from a person that you know. If the same painting was user generated, right? Uh, but from someone that you don't know, it could be $1 up. And the other one, because of the person that you know and has a reputation is $10 million. The same is also for, you know, like content creation. If someone that you know create a content, it goes to a corporate page, it can have like an actual double effect. But if these are no one, it can still work for the content, but not necessarily to convert the people, right? In buying something. Because again, you don't trust this person, you don't know who they are. But before we go on the, you know, um, closing things here, anything, Emily, on that? Do you want to add uh, anything on what Marcelo said? 
Um, yeah, so I just, I think that there is so much opportunity for brands and individuals in the space on the three different platforms that we, we spoke about today, but really it comes down to, are you relatable? Are you authentic? Is the brand partnering with the right people? Is it the right intention? And if all those things you put in the focus and strategize, if they, and just to go back to the data point with so many players getting involved in brands, um, if you don't know how to do it, get someone that does it well, because if you get in and do it wrong, it's going to hurt your reputation and it's going to hurt the brand. So if you plan to do it, do it correctly. It can be hugely valuable to any brand and company and individual creator or um, influencer. So I think all in all, like it's here to stay and it will be evolving for the next decades to come. Absolutely. Maybe it's going to change, uh, you know, terminology is going to change, you know, things again, I've been there actually not from decades in my opinion, I've been there for like, like ages. Okay. Because at the end of the day, maybe it was your friends or family, someone that was like a politics, like you, you are always influenced, right? By the ads from Roman, Roman empire. Right. So, so it's definitely staying here. It's just changing. And yes, I do agree as a brand, you should educate yourself. We don't know how to do get, you know, like, you know, some support on those things. The worst thing that you can do it is to try a thing, uh, waste money and be like, oh, this is not working. Just because you were not able maybe to like, you know, consider many factors in and how to organize something doesn't mean that it doesn't work, but you have to do it properly. And unfortunately there is still sometimes, you know, fraud. There are people that are getting the money and they disappear. That is still happening, unfortunately, but I think that it's getting way better, like then compared to, to, you know, to before. So all in all, again, it's evolving, uh, more money involved in that shifting of budgets, uh, more professionals as content creators and influencers uh, becoming from merely, uh, you know, like promoters to actually solopreneurs or small companies uh, and brands are educating themselves more. They're spending also more time. Nowadays you have maybe a dedicated person that spends time on social media while before it was like a waste of time only for kids. And now we have someone that is dedicated to be like, what is trending today? What are the products that are working the best? Can you look for new influencers? What about this? What about that? And so that is also showing that if you have a dedicated person, that means that you are treating that seriously as in our opinion, right? It should be. Um, well, that, that's a wrap, I guess. We talk about a lot, right? About influencer marketing, what is happening. I'm super happy to see that is changing. And uh, it is one of those things that you really have to be on a daily basis, right? Understand what is happening. What I say all the time, similar to, you know, uh, that scene in Interstellar, uh, one day in influencer marketing is like seven years, right? <laughs> in any other industries. So it's, it's challenging for sure, but also I think it's exciting to see because it's so fast paced that uh, can give you like a lot of like, you know, um, new ideas and a lot of success if you use it properly, right? Um, so, Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Marcella, for joining me today. For anyone that is new, uh, you can, uh, um, you know, uh, listen to our podcast on every every place, right? Uh, we are on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon. Uh, we are on YouTube. You can watch our our little clips on uh, TikTok, uh, YouTube Shorts, uh, Instagram Reels. I mean, we're talking about this, and we should be there, right? So, <laughs> right. Would be there. fantastic. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me and uh, see you in the next episode. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you.